This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Debbie Lauchs from Flag is Up Farms in Solvang, California. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 8th, episode 2804, brought to you today by Eagle Equine Products. Good morning, horse people. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, Your Grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. Thank you so much for joining us. Glenn is having a lovely morning uh, having a colonoscopy done. (laughs) Yeah, that's the procedure we don't talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So thank you for coming on and joining us. Oh, I love it. I love coming and joining you. Yeah. Well, we're we're calling an audible here because in the world of Glenn, he left us very disorganized. And so (laughs) we may... Or may not have a guest today. It might just be you and I talking horses. But if we do have a guest, it'll be Laura Hess, and she's the uh, she's an author and a screenwriter and super cool person that Jennifer found. So we may or may not talk to her. But if okay. we don't, we'll keep ourselves busy. We will. We can always chat. So describe to everybody the view out your window right now that you were just talking about. Oh yeah, I just I hinted that there's this huge buck right outside. My, he's just under an olive tree that's dropping olives all over the place right now this time of year, and his head like floats. You know those bucks that their rack is so heavy it just like floats kind of back and forth. He's yeah, so cool. he's so cool. Is there like do they get drunk off rotten olives or anything Maybe. like that? <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. It's pretty early in the morning for that stuff. No. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're drunk with something else, Jamie, because you only see these big bucks down here. They're kind of cruising the bars. It's true. But oh my God, they they're come out of the for ladies. Yep. And they, you know, they hold their nose in the air and they go like, mm, maybe you. I don't know. So I remember the la- I think the second to last time I was at Flag, I was I there's like when I stay up at the house, there's like a little hiking trail that kind of goes down behind where mm. your dad parks. And so I went walking down there. I'm like, it's beautiful morning. Everything is lovely. There's deer everywhere. Everything is perfect. And I got down and I was like, okay, time to walk back up. And I turn around and there was a buck standing in the middle of the like hiking trail, staring at me. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God. I've seen we've all seen the like YouTube videos of the bucks oh, that attack dude. people, right? Oh yeah, no, no. But it's not like that at your house or but I wasn't sure. So I stood there I a know. while and I was like, okay, That's either he's awesome. gonna he's gonna yeah. leave or he's gonna like come at me, bro. You know, like I didn't know what to do. We've and seen so, so much YouTube. You yeah. And so YouTube. I like reached down, I picked up a rock, I 
I just kind of chucked the rock off behind me, you know? Yes, I was totally terrified. And so, but he just stood there staring at me. And probably he was just looking for me to toss him some food, you know, because <laughs> how they are at your house. Around here, that's a real possible. Yeah, they, they're raised up around here. So that's what shocks people so much is because these guys still think they're like, you know, born here. Well, they were born here, but they come back every fall like, remember me? I'm the kid from, you know, 2018 or something. And <laughs> yeah. well, he was standing there in the trail staring at me and I was like, I can't go by him. I'm just going to have to stand here. So I was out there and he, it seemed like an hour, but it was probably like two, <laughs> two minutes. Right. And eventually he just kind of goes, meh. And he walks off <laughs> and I get up to the house and I go in and your mom's in the kitchen. And I was like, can I ask you a question, Pat? Oh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just had like a little moment with a buck standing in a trail. I was like, should I have been nervous? And she just laughed at me. Like that was hilarious that I would have been scared of a deer. (laughs) I don't know. You're a Brady cat. No, you know, but I mean, you wouldn't want to get between he and his woman, I suppose if, you know, but I never see that. I mean, the only time I see anything like, wow, what just happened is when they do rack up every once in a while, you know, when they get competitive. This year, they seem pretty, I don't know, maybe it is the olives. I don't know. They seem pretty <laughs> docile. <this year>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that. They're eating fermented olives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. All right. Well, let's get to that. I'm glad oh, I didn't show. have to worry about my death. <laughs> but yeah, you would you'd be like, here. where did Jamie go? Oh, we found her murdered by a buck. Okay. <laughs> okay, now you're sounding like the author here. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm sorry. All right. First, let's get to Daily Winnie. Well, since Glenn is not here and he's enjoying his lovely morning, I am going to let everybody know about the auditor birthday. So happy birthday to Katie Moulton, Lynn Piriani, Lindsay Reynolds, Katie Bachuber, Liza Mountford, and also welcome a new auditor, Carrie O'Hara. And thank you, April Kamek, for increasing your pledge. Very nice. And you and do so well. You're so confident when you say those names. That's what you, you need to give a little mojo to Glenn. You know, you just you, go for it. Yeah, but you, I, I don't know. I, I could have got them all wrong, but you just have to sound tell. like you know what you're talking about. Only yeah. the person whose name I mispronounce knows the actual That's truth. That's right. Exactly. Often wrong, <laughs> never in doubt. Okay. Exactly. Well, my daily Winnie today, I just thought of (laughs) over the weekend. I had so much fun with my friend, Nellie Kennedy. She and I decided, well, she like insisted that we jump in a plane and go to Eugene, Oregon, which uh, it never rains in Eugene, Oregon, does it? No, we got in and it was really rainy and cool, um, chilly, but there is this indoor massive warehouse that these people put They take two weeks to bring in dirt and rocks and water and waterfalls and backdrops of mountains. So in other words, what you do is you go to Oregon where there are these beautiful mountaintops with snow on them and water and rocks and trails, but you don't go there. You go to the (laughs) warehouse. (laughs) The warehouse is about 10 minutes away from the airport, (laughs) seriously. And, uh, but it looks 
amazing insight. And there's these great people. This is my daily when he goes to all these people who come from all over Northern Cal and Washington and Idaho and Oregon, of course, to um, demonstrate their mastery of mountain trail riding. So it was the National Mountain Trail Competition that we went to. And there was like, I mean, I think the youngest one was like four. She was so tiny on these big quarter horses. But then there's these beautiful mules and people deck them out and they're just they're fit for real trails. So I'm telling you, but it's nice because it's cozy in there. And, you know, we get to watch all these beautifully trained horses um, and the and the people that keep them. It was very so cool. I've seen some of the YouTube videos on this and they like have to scramble up these rocks and then oh, go across yeah. a bridge and do all sorts of stuff. What was the course like? Uh, like start to finish. Oh, start to finish. It's difficult and it's different for everyone. So there's two arenas, and the big arena is probably the most fun to watch. Big arena starts off with like you go over this. I mean, it's like two stories high suspension bridge oh, not the one that moves but um there is a suspension bridge that moves that's down low thank god but there's one that's like a railroad trestle that goes around around the the back end of this warehouse and so the horses like climb up this mountain duck under trees and and then go across this big boom, 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 you know big bridge i don't know how they put all this stuff together and and they leave it up for about three weeks so people can come in afterward and and practice in it which i applaud them for that because to do this for two weeks and have it for four days or something is crazy Mm. but then they go down through these huge boulders they bring in redwood stumps and trees that are like you know five feet across amazing Amazing. And then, of course, there's all kinds of water features, which they use this canvas material that's like rubber back um, and then uh, grippy, you know, so it's not slippery when the horses step down into the water. And you can't tell if the water's six inches deep or a couple of feet deep. And so it's a challenge. And and so you, you get these you have amateur, you have pro, you have over 55, you have youth, you know, have all these different divisions. So it just goes on all day long. It's really a cool it's a cool thing. So when they come down, they have to go through the water, they have to go, and they do it fairly quickly from what I've seen of the YouTube videos. They kind of speed through there. See, now, okay, one time I had to get up and leave. Really? (laughs) Yeah, the first full day that we were there, they had at night, they had the kind of the fun classes at night, like there was the dogs and horses and things like that. And, uh, but one was, the first night was timed. Okay, suddenly I don't recognize any of the competitors and suddenly um, they don't ride quite as well as the ones during the day. Sorry, guys, we're taking away your Winnie. Um, but they <laughs> they were on the clock and it was timed, but it's slippery and these guys were yeehaw out there. And that part was like, uh-uh, something bad's going to happen here. <laughs> so, so I'm not crazy about the times, if anybody asked my opinion, but, um, but I do... I do like that they vary the course and they and they have these nice PDFs, you know, they pass out flyers, they pass out with the the course, you know, that you have to you have to follow the course. And um, and I don't think, you know, I love the judges. I got to give kudos and winnies to the to the judges because they encourage quietly. I see them take them people aside or they'll say, "Mm, you know, you're done on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 
text and uh, they they use their heads. And the, the few judges that I talk to have been doing this for like 20 years. So they're really good horse persons too and really appreciated their expertise and patience. And <laughs> so there's, a, there's all different kinds of people, different ages, different types of horses. Was it mainly quarter horses and mules? No, I'd say it was everything. I saw Arabs. I saw Appaloosas. I saw, uh, I saw a lot of beautiful quarter horses and pink quarter horses. And, um, yeah, no, there's everything there. I mean, there must've been a couple hundred horses on campus there and, uh, it, it equally as many, riders and grandparents and mothers and mm-hmm. you know all that too but really it's there's no ticket to this thing you just you walk on in so it really encourages i think it's it's a good exercise in encouraging getting people i know it's not outdoors but getting them you know practiced up for it's winter time there now and you can't ride like you can in the summer so it's kind of a neat competition to keep you going through the winter and keep your horses sharp. And I assume that that's why they do it. I I had fun watching and I'm inspired to put a mountain trail uh, replica, some sort of down here, because I I really it's just cleverly laid out so that it's all natural. You know, there aren't any of the cowboy curtains or the noodle, <laughs> pool noodles or or anything like that. That's Yeah, you I've seen those and it looks like you're walking into like a bass pro shop, you know, but for horses. <laughs> and and I was wondering how, how soon you were going to be putting one of those up at Flag is Up Farms. Yeah, I'm like done. Yeah, I'm in there because we got nothing but trees and rocks and dirt around here. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be I think I think the infield needs a mountain trail competition. What do you think? So in eventing, when I would go to California or any of these cross country schoolings, you know, we're all supposed to be there to practice with their horses and to get them going. And you'll have like, you know, at a cross country schooling, you'll have a hundred horses out on course, all in little groups, you know, doing their thing. And I like to say that the airbags, because everybody wears an air vest. So the air vests will Eventually, it sounds like popcorn popping in the microwave. Like, I mean, people are falling <laughs> off right and left. Was it that? Was there a lot of falls? Was there, or was it more professional than that? Not that I'm not a professional, but yeah, we all, it's a big hot mess in eventing. So, what was it like there? <laughs> and you're right. That's kind of what I was prepping for. Like, all right, here we go. What are we going to see? But no, it, there wasn't, I never saw anybody come off, first of all. That's the number one. Number two, if there was a few spins and uh, refusals in there, uh, they they basically took a couple whacks at it. And frankly, I was really glad they didn't keep trying. Because I didn't mm-hmm. really want to see a meltdown in the middle of a, you know, it's too small an area with too many obstacles around you to really have a great meltdown. It was going to be ugly, probably. And so that I think that's where the judges use their uh, heads, except for the timed one. <laughs> I yeah. never felt. I never felt ooey about that at all. In fact, the time one, they had, I don't know, maybe they had two or three or four people start. And then the the suspension bridge, that one I was talking to that's low, um, what they did was they had them go halfway over it. So that you go over this rise, down the suspension bridge, and then bail out halfway at, you know, at the bottom of the, you know, not go up the other side. And I thought, okay, I kind of get that, but I don't. Um and then they started slipping off that. And it came so mm. close a couple of times that they, they they took that off. So I think really this is more about it's not about the extremity of it, of the whole thing. I think it's more about keeping your horses calm and chill and and encouraging a lot of that. And and they're smart horses. I mean, I I really 
like the the really upper end, the pros, you, you'd have that horse that just both ears are just locked on everything. You know, they're, they're looking around, they're swinging their head, but they don't react. You know, they like, I like it out here. This is, oh, look it over there. That's really cool. And, you know, the, the best horses and the best riders just embrace that. They didn't have spurs on, the, the best riders, I say. And they, you know, they just, nobody used a Rommel. Nobody used anything like that that, um, that was at the top level. It was great. So what was the hardest obstacle that you noticed ever, the most people had trouble with? Yeah, there was, there were several water obstacles and most were fine. You know, most, I mean, everybody, you got, you know, you got to have water, you know, when you're going to go on a trail. So, so most everybody had been pretty well trained at that, but there was one that was kind of smallish, but it must've looked really, really deep Yeah. <laughs> because every horse went like, mm, I don't know, man, ah, you know, and the best one said, I'll try for you. But even the best one said, I don't know about that. So I don't know if it was where it was placed exactly. You're sort of facing the audience right then. It just um, was the toughest looking one. So it must have looked like it was a thousand feet deep. How many people are there watching? Uh, friends, family, grandparents, I, you know, <laughs> you I'd guys. say, yeah, me. Yeah. Like, why are you here? Um, <laughs> we just want to go see. I'm sure there were some audience there, but I'd say at any one time there's 75 to 100 maybe okay. watching around and milling around. Yeah. So there yeah. is a crowd to distract the horses. I mean, that is just intense oh, yeah. and it's really cool. I'm, I'm glad you guys got to go. What a it's fun weekend, fun horse fun. girl weekend. Yeah, it was. Well, before we have, we have a lot of stuff coming up, including first world problems. I didn't put up a post for it today because I still have the ones from last week. Uh, wow. So I was just going to read the ones from last week because those problems need to be heard. Uh, oh. We're going to do that. We're going to get Laura on here to, I, I did get a phone number for her. So we are good. We are going to talk to her awesome. <laughs> um, and then we're going to come out and I'm going to, I'm going to talk some training horses with Debbie because I have, I have a oh. barn full of training horses and you do. I had a conundrum and then I messaged you and then I solved it. And then you messaged me back with the answer. And, uh, <laughs> then, but I've got a new conundrum for you. So okay. a, a new stress case to talk about before we get to that, Debbie, let's talk a little bit about Eagle equine. You may have heard of the MagnaGuard gastric support product. MagnaGuard helps prevent ulcers and other gastric issues, giving your horse the happy tummy he, tummy he deserves. MagnaGuard helps calm horses in two ways. First, the magnesium is a natural calm and it keeps the gut feeling great, which allows horses to relax. It contains important trace minerals. It's all natural and can be fed continually without negative side effects. Customers report healthier, shinier coats, less colic, healthier hooves, and overall healthier horses. There is a discount code right now, 15% off if you use the code HRN. And uh, it's a one-time use, so stock up. All of their <laughs> products come with a money-back guarantee. So if you're not satisfied, you can contact Eagle Equine products for a full refund. Well, I'm pleased to welcome to the show Laura Hess, and Laura is a screenwriter, author, and general horse crazy gal, and she's got a lot of fun books that we're going to talk about. But Laura, first of all, I want to say good morning. Where are we talking to you from? Hi, good morning to you, and I am coming from Vancouver Island in BC, Canada. Oh my gosh, I bet it's absolutely beautiful there. 
Normally, today we're raining pretty good. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's a wet wet West Coast day. Oh, boy. All right. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about, you you know, I think growing up in that area, I'm assuming you've had kind of an adventurous life in the fish and wildlife and fire and all the things that you can kind of do outside. Tell us a little bit about that. I am. I'm actually very lucky. I grew up in Ottawa, in Ontario originally, and uh, I got a degree in forestry and I worked my way across the country. And I came to visit an aunt on Vancouver Island, fell in love with the place and never looked back. And uh, when when forestry, I, I worked in it for 10 years. I was one of the first women. There was only five of us that graduated in a class of 200. And uh, so it was really groundbreaking for myself and the other ladies. And uh, but when an outhouse became a luxury item, I decided to retire and <laughs> and uh, moved to Vancouver Island and ended up in real estate for about twenty years. Oh my gosh! When a, an outhouse is a luxury item, you need to pull chocks. <laughs> Time to go. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's a fine uh, there's a fine art to uh, peeing in the bush wearing coveralls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've all peed in our stall <laughs> with coveralls on. Yeah. It definitely is. <laughs> um, so you went from forestry to real estate. How did you get to being an author? That was a, a it was a very personal journey. I'd always wanted to be a writer, and I've done a lot of writing and technical reports over the years as part of my job. And, of course, a lot of marketing and real estate, that was the big thing. And uh, I had had a boat with, with the, I was very lucky. I had to have surgery. I had cancer. And I had to have surgery. I was 42 at the time, and it was really life-altering for me. Um, I didn't have to have chemo or radiation, but the surgery was pretty drastic. And I had a chance of coming out of it in a wheelchair, about a 50% chance, And when I was recovering, I realized how fortunate I was and how much I hadn't done in life that I had always dreamed of doing. So I wrote my first book, One Frosty Christmas, when I was recovering from that surgery, and it really got me back into horses again. I'd been away from them for many, many years. So I started volunteering with therapeutic riding, and it's what started out as a a short story ended up a novel. And when I I decided I wanted to go the independent publishing route and be an independent publisher instead of go through a regular publisher. So I printed 500 copies of my my first book and I went to a local craft fair and I sold out the first day. And after that, I never looked back. So tell us a little bit about your books, because it seems like they are not you. You didn't just write one book. You wrote series, but like multiple book series. I think I've got, I haven't counted them actually, I think I've got 23 books out now. I I started with the middle grade books that are, uh, I call the holiday series, and I used how I felt about an individual holiday and then wrote a horse story around it. So it started with the one frosty Christmas, and then I did the great pumpkin ride, a filly called Easter, uh, Independence and Valentino. And they were so successful, and I really loved them, but I wanted to branch out into something more. So several years ago, I started writing Cozy Mysteries. And I wrote the Gumboot and Gumshoe series, which is just a hilarious West Coast cozy mystery novel. Sort of, it's Murder, She Wrote for the West Coast. 
Let me read um, what I have. Here. Let me read what I have on Amazon about the, gum, <laughs> the gumboots. It says Seal Island is a home to a moonshine making billionaire, a pot growing fisherman, a celebrity flower child, a handsome romance writer, a sex addicted re- realtor, a womanizing pub, o- pub owner, a cop, a pot belly pig. And a serial killer. I mean, you dug deep into characters. You touched on all of them. Yeah, I, we, I covered all the bases. I have to admit, there was copious amounts of wine involved with my <laughs> girlfriends. <laughs> and that's what started that series. We were, we were over lunch one day, and there was three or four of us, and we were coming up with all sorts of cra- crazy ways to murder someone. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> As you and do lunch the, with your girlfriends, are you right? why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and at the time, one of my girlfriends was living at the farm at the end of a dead end road in the middle of nowhere, and she was she's my editor, and she was uh, starting to edit a book for a horror writer, and it was a slasher horror story. And she phoned me one night at about 1 o'clock in the morning in hysterics. She says, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. You should see what I'm reading. You hear what I'm reading. And and, uh, so then it really took off from there. And I said, well, get some more wine. So we sat up all night (laughs) drinking wine. And we sort of started laughing about it and coming up with all these odd, odd, odd mysteries and things to do. So that's how that series started. I got it. That's a horse girl for you. Well, my friends and I started drinking and talked about how to murder people. You know, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We have yeah. a very um, popular listener of this radio program, and he has been a part of our show several times, and he's very funny. And his name is Cade. And you have a book called Who Killed Cade? Cade. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the Silver Spur series. It's my most recent one. And uh, that has been the most fun to write. Uh, and what was happening was all all my girlfriends, we're all seniors now, and we're all senior riders, and some of us, our horses are gone, and we visit, you know, our girlfriends' horses, or we, we find a, a ranch somewhere that we can say, look, we're we're all seniors, we've been riding all our lives, but we really want calm now. <laughs> we won't throw our leg over anything like we used to do. And we would share all this different funny stories that we had over the years that have happened to us with our horses. And that's how the Silver Spurs came came about, was four saucy old broads and their horses need somewhere to go and a ranching family uh, needs to save their ranch. So they all come together in the same place that's called the Silver Spurs Home for Aging Cowgirls. And they get into a whole lot of trouble. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So where can people find your books? Because obviously everybody is going to want to now hang out with you and drink wine and talk about murder. So where can people go and find out about these books? Uh, They can find them on Amazon worldwide. Uh, I am solely with Amazon now. So if you um, are in the Kindle Reader Club on Amazon, the Kindle Unlimited, uh, they're actually uh, the ebooks are all free if you're on Kindle Unlimited. So all of the books are on there. Most of my books are also out in audiobook on Audible. But for print books and ebooks, you can get them on Amazon.com or .ca or in the UK, wherever you are in the world. 
Fantastic. And and it's Lara Hess, but it looks like Hesse, H-E-S-S-E. So make sure yeah. you plug that in correctly. And then, Lara, tell us a little bit about the screenwriting, because I couldn't, you know, I'm not a member of um, some of the places, like, uh, what's, what's the, where everybody goes and puts their business online? IMDb. IMDb. I mean, well, the, oh, I can't. Yeah. I can't yeah, so EMB, so, I think it is EMB. Yeah. Or, well, it was LinkedIn. I was trying to go and find more mm, information about mm. your screenwriting and running L Productions, and they were like, "You're not a member of LinkedIn. Get out." So <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of information about that because I'm not cool enough. So tell everybody about your screenwriting. Uh, I started about ten years ago. My uh, One Frosty Christmas was uh, optioned by a Canadian film company, and this was this was. Oh, it was 20 years ago almost that I actually wrote the one Frosty Christmas. And I have to, happened to run into a producer at BC Ferries where I was selling my books at an artisan tent. And you never know where you're going to run into somebody. So they had optioned it. And actually, it was just before they produced the Heartland series on television. Oh, and it was between my series and Heartland, but I was just starting and Heartland already had a big fan base. So it was strictly a business decision. Uh, so it didn't go forward then. So, but I ended up having such a good experience. I decided to study screenwriting because it was something I had also been interested in for a number of years. And so I wrote the screenplay myself for One Frosty Christmas and I continued it, and, I, and um, I wrote the screenplay as well for the rest of the series. And I put it in several awards. Um, it won. Uh, it ended up as a semi-finalist and the quarter-finalist in the Page Awards and other serious, uh, other serious awards for that screenwriters can get into, get their work noticed. Mm-hmm. And from that, I got another option, and we were close to filming, and then it went sideways as it does with with it's always getting the financing it's kind of like winning the lottery especially when you don't have a track record mm-hmm. you know to go by but i continued at it and right now uh, one frosty christmas had the great pumpkin ride in a philly called easter uh, the screenplays are optioned with select services films in los angeles awesome. so they they've got them out as a bundle and they're marketing them and trying to put the financing together for them well, congratulations. Laura, you are the prime example of life begins at 40. I mean, if you have oh, a yeah. goal, it does not matter. I got certified in Monty Roberts Concepts as a trainer at 40, and I just never knew that my life would take this turn to do this all. And then here's you. You're like, why well, kids are sat around? Like, let's let's make life count. And so you're a, a great example for, for women and humans everywhere that, you know, never give up on your dreams no you don't my mother reminded me when I that when I was eight years old I came down to breakfast before going to school one day and she and said to her mom I'm going to be a famous author one day and she said well you know what honey you can do anything you want and and I've taken that with me through life is my mother's words that day it just took me until I think I was 42 when I wrote that book and now I'm now I'm a senior and I'm really proud to be a senior because I got here. Yeah. And I have all this life experience that I use like in all of my in all, my books are all fiction, but I use a lot of stories from my life mm-hmm. that are nonfiction that go in and there's quite a few stories from my girlfriend's lives. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking wine, telling you stories. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
yes, that that are there. And, and you know, life imitates art, and art imitates life. Mm. And as a writer, it's up to you to build a world. And in my world, the horses are as much characters as the people are. Mm-hmm. And it's been a real joy to bring all all that that's in my imagination and in my head, sort of running like a movie, to life for other people to enjoy. Well, you guys, if you didn't love Laura before, you love her now. Laura, mm-hmm. you can find all of her stuff on Amazon. Go check it out. You got reading for days. Laura Hess, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm inspired by you, and it is good to get to know you. Oh, thank you very much, and and I really appreciate this, and a big hug to everybody out there, and uh, enjoy your horses, love them, hug them, get on them, and go for a ride. Amen, sister. It's a day of inspiring women. I mean, look at you, Debbie. Like, you bought your parents' farm, and you're starting this kind of, like, 10th career at, you know... Older than 40, above 40, right. I won't give it. That's but right. That's it's right. Better. My kids are, would tell you otherwise. They'd be like, <laughs> at least. <laughs> it is. That was really inspiring. That's that a, not only a great author, but sounds like a great lady. She'd yeah. be fun to sit down with. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about Arena Saddles before we get, get on. Into yeah, the, let me do that. So get ready to turn heads with a beautifully styled, meticulously designed Arena Saddle. It's crafted from European leather without sacrificing comfort for you or your horse. The classic elegance and unbeatable quality of Arena Saddles will take your seat to the next level in the dressage ring. Arena Saddles are known for their beauty, comfort, and practicality. You can't deny these stylish saddles have eye appeal. But you might be wondering, what makes Arena Saddle so comfortable? It has features like ultra soft seats and knee inserts, perfectly balanced seat, customizable rider support, and extra protective cushioning to give your horse softness and freedom that make Arena Saddles the premier choice for any discerning rider. It's priced at just $15.99, and the Arena Saddle line has a saddle for you. Visit arenasaddles.com to view the full range of saddles available and find a retailer near you. Well, it's so nice to have contact with Debbie and, and, and to call you my friend now because, and I'm sure you might regret that sometimes because (laughs) there are times when I get horses in that are super challenging and, you know, I haven't been certified that long, only about, you know, four years out of you. No, you do great, but I love that you still plug in. I think it's one of the best qualities about you. Well, thanks. I, I, so I had a horse come in and I was like, Debbie, I need help. Please ask your dad this. And we, Hugh and I tried to, to kind of workshop the, the problem and he came up with an answer, but, but you went out of town all weekend. So like right. I had to figure that crap out myself. <laughs> so I, I called you because I had a horse that would go in there. He's, he's owned by a woman who brought him here and she's like, okay, here's, here's tank. And he, um, rears and he bolts and he kicks so have fun other <laughs> than that, he's great other yeah. than that no she's like he's a monster and you're his like last ditch effort for me before i sell him oh. so he comes here and i put him in the round pen you know he's he they all come out and they get turned out in the arena and then i put him in the round pen and i send him around and this sucker is like i call him an angry elf like he was just mad and he would 
you know, I send him away to go, you know, unclip the line. I send him away. And I mean, he double barrels at me. And anytime I make a turn, he double barrels. And throughout the whole thing, he just kicks at me and he's pinning his ears. He just looks mad, but he's Mm. not aggressive. He's just angry. Mm. And so I message you. I'm like, what do I do about a horse that's just like super mad? Well, while you were workshopping that, you went out of town and I had to figure it out myself. So I was going to give you an update on Angry Tank. Um, Angry Tank. <laughs> and I, I think I've solved his problem. I talked a little bit about it. He had been um, trimmed by the owner's friend who was a barefoot trimmer, but I don't think she has many clients. She just kind of was like, I'll do your horses and was trimming him. And his feet were almost like a, instead of a suction cup, they were like a bowl, you know? Oh. And so the, he was walking around, they, they had trimmed away the hoof wall. And so he's walking around on his frog and his soles. And I didn't know that till I walked him in the barn on the concrete. And I was like, uh, Oh my God. He's like, like, uh, 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 like each step was God. like stilted, you know? Mm. So I called the owner and I had shoes put on him and uh, she came out and met the farrier and, and got shoes on him and he didn't kick anymore. He's yeah. A, a surprise. Here. <laughs> yeah. His feet don't hurt. And then, uh, you know, one of the things I, I really had to channel your dad because he helped me with Zeus and Thor, who are both my very, very challenging now, incredibly awesome Mustangs. Mm-hmm. But this horse, he typically what, what your dad had told me is that horses that bolt, usually it's because they get what happens when a horse bolts. Oh, you grab the reins and you stop them mm-hmm. and then they go. <sighs> I win. And so he's I, I've noticed in a string of horses that come to me that bolt that they're fairly lazy brained horses mm-hmm. and. That's kind of what he does. So I ended up my 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 assistant Barrett Farm Boy. Sorry, <clears throat> not Barrett Farm Boy, aka yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not supposed to say his real name on the show. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Farm Boy has been riding Tank and put the Western saddle on him, and I'm like, okay, he's, Farm Boy has no fear. He's 20 years old. He's six uh, four. He's got legs for days, and this is yeah. a very giant, widely built thoroughbred, uh-huh. and so. He would, he, you know, he goes and he would fling his head down and dive his head down and get mm. the reins out of your hands. So I'm like, hold the reins. Don't let him do that. Okay. So now he stopped doing that. Now he's like, mm, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop. Okay. When he stops, back him up. And then he quit stopping. He's like, well, that sucks. Cause every time I just stop, I have to back up and then, which is more work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he would do behaviors like, um, turn you know like you're say you're going down the center line and he wanted to go left and so you pull him to the right and he would run left with his head's pointed to the right and his shoulder is heading to the left and i was like okay turn him in a circle to the left when he does that a couple and do a couple trot circles like that yeah well yeah all lo and behold he quit doing that he's like that sucks too i can't get out of work (laughs) so then when you yeah so then we got to the to the bolting and i'm like here it comes, you know, like, so you're trotting him along and he's like, I know how I can get out of work. I'll try this one again. And yeah. so he would just kind of jump into the canner and take off. Well, the first thing farm boy did was hold, oh. pull him, stop him. Yeah. I'm like, kick him, kick him. <laughs> faster. <laughs> faster. Go faster. And lo and behold, tank, uh. stop bolting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't work either. 
this horse has a bag of tricks. It's like he, he, he goes, okay, that didn't work. Let me try this one. Let me try this one. Let me try this one. Like, pretty darn engaged, I'd say. The, the good news is Zeus did, and Zeus did all this stuff. And so yeah. your dad was able to help me. So I kind of had firsthand lesson of how to like, with each one of those evasions, to put them to work like oh you want to go left cool let's go left like a lot try to circle <laughs> five meters to the left you know um and it is interesting by the way trying to tell farm boy what a five meter circle is or a 10 meter oh. circle. <laughs> but <laughs> then, well, you didn't study that now, in school so uh, he's doing great the owner came out and watched uh me do a lesson with uh farm boy on tank and and it went really well and she's really excited and she thinks that maybe there's some hope you know for oh good so she might Keep him yet. So I love, uh, there's a couple things you just said there. First of all, a lot of people want to blame a horse for behavioral issues and you should check for pain first. Not, not shaking my finger at you at all. Who trimmed that horse? Good God. But I'm so glad that you said that out loud because, um, you know, what, what good was it going to be doing to try to train that behavior out of a sore footed horse? He was just trying to tell you something, but you don't always know that, you know? So we always, we always ask people to look for pain or, you know, even if it's like gastric ulcers on the girth, you don't know exactly what's going to cause that, that, you know, kicking or ringing of the tail or whatever, whatever. I going feel like, horse. like horses inherently don't want to be bad. They right. don't want to. It's exhausting. It's work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's a trying barrel. to figure out what avenue of pain we're having is kind of the challenge. That That's when I feel like Amy Fleming, you know, like yeah, in Heartland. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. here. You know, like doing exactly. some sort of thing. But now, now I have a new challenge. Oh, and this one oh is, shoot. I thought it was like, that was the fairy tale ending. She's going to keep him. Oh, no. that one's good. That was good. No, this is oh. another horse. <laughs> oh, another horse. Okay. Got you. So I got two thoroughbred mares that came in and one is just as delightful as they come is just picture perfect. Awesome. Super cool. They're both 15, two. They both, their names start with O. So I call them the dark bay and the light bay. Cause I, <laughs> they both have like three word names and they're like, start with O. So one of them, the light bay has been just delightful. And I think I might've found her a home, a listener slash HRN potential HRN employee um, might ah. adopt this horse, which will, you know, cross that bridge and come to it. A lot has to happen before then. But the other one, Uh-oh. oh my gosh, she's just a nervous wreck a mess. And usually when horses stay here a couple of days, they, they go from, you know, up in the sky to, to down to the ground. Like they're like, okay, this is a routine. I'm comfortable here. Nobody hurts me, but this horse was so head shy. So we did plastic and I worked on all that. And now she's not head shy anymore, but the second you put the bit in her mouth and, and it's, it's not gotten any better. When you tack her up, it's chomp, 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 like incessant to where she's like frothing at the mouth. She's chomping that bit so hard. I do notice when she walks every time she takes a step with that right hind her hip pops, but she's not lame when she trots or anything like that. She's not lame with the walk. It just pops. So I did start her on some ulcer medicine yesterday and I'm going to start her on a new product, a new sponsor that we have uh, and start her on the, the hemp stuff and uh, see how that goes. So I'm Mm -hmm. pretty excited about that. Um, But any, have you done teeth? So she's a race. Yeah. She doesn't have any wolf teeth. I've looked up there. Most racehorses that come off the track have been overfloated. So Mm. 
really even have to think about having their okay. teeth floated because she okay. raced, you know, a month ago. Oh God. Oh, she's just coming off the track and literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else you can think of that might get her to relax? Uh, well, relaxing. So it sounds like you've, uh, as we were saying, you've had enough vet check that you, she's pretty comfortable that way. So she just hasn't chilled out yet. Ha, has Is she by herself? Are you? So that's the other thing. So we're, by the way, we're going to try the American Harvest products that we talked about last Wednesday yeah. with uh, with Good. Darren. And uh, so they sent me some to, to try on her. So okay. I put her in the, when I bring her in the stall, mm-hmm. she stands in the corner and pause, like, uh. like angry pause and pause and pause and pause and pause. Mm-hmm. And then, so I put her out, I put her out with the other mare first and the other mare kicked her butt. Oh. So I was like, okay, we're going to separate you. So mm-hmm. she wasn't good with that mare. And mm-hmm. then, so I put her in her own paddock and she screamed and paced the fence and was yeah. not happy in that paddock. And mm-hmm. so I put her in a stall trying to figure out what to do. And she, every morning she comes up, she eats her grain and she starts pawing and digging, digging. Yeah. Fortunately, mm-hmm. I have rubber mats. And right. then, so she wasn't happy in the stall. So I ended up putting her out with my broodmare and Zeus are out in one paddock together. And so I stuck her out there and she seems to be fine. I mean, they hate her. Like she's the devil and <laughs> they won't let her near her, but, but yeah, she's, she's like, she's at a least I'm good. Yeah. So yeah, now I've at least found a place that she's comfortable. But when I bring her in to feed yeah. in the morning, she eats and then she starts digging. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, she sounds like um, she, she needs somebody to chill with. I mean, the first thing I thought about was, you know, get a goat, get a, don't tell Chad, um, get it, get, <laughs> get a Mustang <laughs> or a prisoner. Yeah. You know, get some, a gelding, you know, somebody quiet to be with, you know, if she's, you know, at the track, they just have, well, you know, all this stuff, but if they have just such a high stress environment that sometimes they just get fried. I mean, we have a horse on the uni, named Jilly on our Equus Online University, the Bonnie Roberts University. Uh, and Jilly was like that. I mean, she was raced, I don't know, 17 times and she was still two years old. You know, she was just uh, a little motor and it just took longer for her who just mentally fried. So we put her out in a pasture and with some other mares that were older and gentler and, and she, then she started to finally slow down and, you know, it might not be anything you can train for. I think it's an environmental thing, you know, assuming that all everything else is vet checks out and everything. I, I think the American harvest idea is a great idea, though, too, because you can supplement for for chilling out a little bit, you know. And if they do believe that, you know, I love your philosophy, Jamie Jennings, of just give them a little bit of work every day, just enough to take an edge off, but to tell them. It's not like the work at the racetrack, you know, mm-hmm. it, no, this is not going to be like intense work. It's going to be a couple of times around and it's quiet and I have quiet hands. And I have quiet feet and everything's going to be chill. And that's your experience for today. Bye. Go back home. Yeah. I love that yeah. your dad told me that he was like, you know, sometimes you just have to prove to these horses that the world has changed Yep. and you don't have to do that anymore. And usually it works a lot quicker. So I think maybe treating the ulcers and putting her on the American Harvest hemp product. I did get permission, you know, like Nelda, I had to call her. I was like, Hey, I'm going to like, Give your horse some weed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she said definitely give it a try and see if it helps. And and fortunately we have a lot of um the the 
the um, and the gastric guard donate by the company for these horses. So we are uh, we're going to do like that as that well. Too long. I appreciate that. Um, but does she have a little bit of something to munch on during the day? Like even if it's just really grassy, something that kind of maybe helps. Oh her. yeah. She's yeah. out in a pasture with fresh water, a round bale, and a grass pasture. Yeah. So okay, she's good. constantly Perfect. eating. I do like to do, you know, these horses, they, they come off the, the track with ulcers. And I don't know really what her history was or her life is. She's definitely was really scared and had a, a big fear reaction to people, you know, moving. Like I posted a video on my Flyover Farm Facebook page of this mare. And I would stand... I stood 15 feet away and raised my arms yeah. and she just about took off, you know, like, Oh my God, we get hit in the face. So you'd never know it. She could have been smacked in the face once by a farmhand, you know, somebody cleaning her stall, or she could have been smacked in the face a lot. It sometimes doesn't matter. Sensitivity, uh, how, you know? Yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes they're just more highly sensitive, but that doesn't mean they can't come down as you know, to, to the level of all those other chill horses. That's the thing that I don't, like people to put a label on them too much is like, oh, well, that one is crazy. You know, that's that thoroughbred that's, you know, I told you they were really sensitive. It doesn't have to be. It just means that she reacts higher and doesn't, you know, doesn't come down as quickly. It doesn't mean that she won't get there. So, I call uh, her the pocket rocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's little and she's quick, you know. So yeah. I will keep you guys uh, posted yeah, let us on. Know. I'll, I'll give dad the story too so that he can marinate on that and see what, what else we can come up with for. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I like to do, you know, maybe like two weeks of just a low, low, low dose of the gastrogard and, and, uh, or a miprazole, depending on what I have. And, and, uh, we'll, we'll try this, the CBD products and, and see how it goes. And yeah, talk to your dad about it because she is just hyper reactive and just unhappy anywhere. So she's definitely been, you know, usually I, after a week, they're like, Walk, track, in, or go. And she's like, not me. <laughs> I'm going to be fun. Be your challenge girl. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm so proud of what you're doing with all these thoroughbreds too, and that you analyze them so perfectly. You don't just put them in some cookie cutter program. And, you know, each one of them, I know that you love and know so well by the time they find their next home, which is pretty darn quick in your case too. Oh, that's so, what Farm Boy said. It was a nice compliment. He goes, uh, you know, he didn't talk much, but he was like, <laughs> Just so you know, you're pretty good at explaining stuff. And I was Aww. like, oh, thanks. And he was like, and uh, I like how it's different for every horse. Like, it's different okay. for every horse. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, And then I, he didn't talk for the next six hours. So Right. That, that was a lot right there. Exactly. So. I was like, wow, he's loquacious today. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> slow down there. <laughs> well, he, before we get to your equestrian first world problems, let's talk a little bit about Coro. Have you shopped with Coro yet? This online retailer is simplifying the way you shop horse care with horse-friendly supplies and equipment to fuel your passion. They have everything from grooming supplies, barn supplies, supplements, tack, and everything in between. They truly are one source for all things horse all the products they sell and recommend have been tested for quality so your horse only gets the best which is exactly how it should be they offer the best pricing available lightning fast shipping and auto ship for the products you purchase regularly on a side note it's just a really crisp clean easy to, ma to navigate website visit coro today at coro shop c-o-r-r-o shop.com that's coro shop.com and you can use the code h-r-n for 10 percent off your first order today 
That's right. First world problems are your problems that you have decided to share with us because if you have a horse, your problems are first world. That's just the way that the world works. And Debbie, I want you to be thinking about, you know, maybe if you have a first world problem, like mm. uh, the deer outside my window are <laughs> like so, you know, loud or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, the first one comes from Maya. And it's a bit of a story here, but I'm going to get through it. Remember, these were posted from last week. So if you missed yours last week, that's because I didn't do them. Here they are. Uh, she says, during the pandemic, I've been able to work remotely and live in our tiny cabin in a horse community in the California mountains. We're getting our L.A. house three hours away, ready to rent as an Airbnb, and all of my office clothes are down there, which I forgot until I had to pack for a first in-person work conference since 2019. I literally have no proper shoes or pants at the cabin. It's all riding boots and sneakers and lounge pants and her riding clothes. She's like, so basically she should. I'm going as an equestrian. (laughs) She had to get up on stage and she put on her boots and her breeches and a jacket. (laughs) Like she said, I leaned hard into the equestrian fashion things. And she posted a pic and literally looks like she's about to go in for a dressage show. So Maya... Way to represent oh, the brand. Yeah. Hopefully, Thank you. you Ralph Lauren would be so proud. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, Mo says my client expects me to actually work in order to pay me, and it's seriously cutting into my barn time. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, Ellen says it's been five days of rain, two muddy paddocks, and two light-colored horses. Do the math. <laughs> My Andalusian, who was black, is starting to turn gray, and I'm scared to death, Debbie. I'm scared to death of having a red horse because here the dirt is red. Oh, it's red, red clay. So every they all go roll in the pond, and he's one of them. And he comes up, and he just looks black, but he's starting to gray out as his winter coat comes in. I'm like, oh god, it's gonna be good. Terracotta. <laughs> Amy says, I was describing a guy I'm seeing to my non horsey best friend, and the non horsey best friend was like, How tall is he? And she's like, He's 16, too. And my friend was like, Are you speaking a horse? She's like, No, I'm a 6'2. 6'2. <laughs> <Six two. laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something we would do for sure. Yeah. Um, Amy says, My best friend, oh, God. My best friend convinced me to wear a G-string bikini to the beach Woo! so I could, quote, taste toast my pasty white horse girl ass. <laughs> Get you, guess which pasty white horse girl toasted her ass wrong? Oh, How am I supposed to ride no. this week? <laughs> what is that? Sunburn, r- rinse, repeat? Or <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I can't oh, no. even, number one, imagine like, no. you know, wearing uh-huh. that to a beach, but I'm sure Amy is young and skinny and pretty and and rocked it. But yeah, you got to put sunscreen on down there, girl. Yeah, they have to no. see the sun forever. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until then. <laughs> we don't know. We're not judging. Yeah. <laughs> Holly says, I have 20 acres with six pastures and the pasture closest to my hay barn is super muddy, which means I have to use a wheelbarrow to move hay every day to the pastures. And it's not right next to the hay barn. That's so far. I um margaret says i'm going to equine affair next week but i don't need any blankets tech or clothes i know and i have i want to buy some 
something. I had a pie It's the best one of the year, too. It's like the it's like the Christmas equine affair. Yeah, kidding. Jenna says I'm taking my horse to be gelded tomorrow, but I have to wake up early on my day off. Oh. <laughs> But he will appreciate it. So will you. Yeah. Well, he, he'll be mad for about yeah. six weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Sarah says, I live in Australia, but I wanted to order horsey items from sponsors of HRN. And I went online and I got super excited by all the great products and prices. And I put some really great items into my basket and went to check out. And the postage was more than the cost of the yeah. items. I hate the post office. <laughs> <laughs> Shipping oh, times Sarah. too. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rochelle said, all I wanted to do this weekend was go ride my new lease horse, but I had to mow my pastures and get hay for my other two horses. <laughs> they got you working for them. <laughs> Always. Paige said, the day before our opening hunt, my horse was playing in a mud puddle and rolling in it like it was his job. <laughs> oh, that's a dirty horse. She posted a picture. Oh. Uh, I, Ina says, I lost my lease on the horse I was riding, so now I'll actually have time to clean my house. Uh. <laughs> Go get one fast. Oh, come on. You got to keep busy. Uh, Kayla says, I've started taking weekly riding lessons in hopes of showing next season, but in order to pay for those lessons, I'm waking up at 4.45 a.m. to do overtime at work. Yeah, I know, Think, but it's worth it. Go. Think of the end goal. Yes. Um, Carrie says, I haven't used my jumping saddle in a while, and I've noticed it's getting moldy now, so I actually have to clean it. <laughs> what? Oh, my spare saddle isn't getting written enough. Oh, so sad. Um, let's see. Adrian says we're having our engagement photos done this weekend, and I want to include the dogs and the horses, but that means I have to groom all seven of them. Oh, good point. <laughs> seven. Yeah. By sure the time you start not. one, <laughs> the other ones will be. Yeah. Well, your 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 son has a dog, but it's a Boston Terrier, so it's like probably pretty easy to clean. Because didn't they do wedding pictures with it? Yeah, they're like Teflon. They're really a great breed for that kind of thing. And my mom's Aussie too. He's he like has white paws by the time half an hour after he's out of the arena with muddy paws. I don't <laughs> I don't know what the, if I find out what that ingredient is, I will pass it on to you. But I don't I don't get it actually. Yeah. First world problem. For problem. I feel I feel like I've done some of these before. If I have, sorry, you get to hear them again. Uh, Mary says, I got a horse supplement that comes with a little bag of chocolate chip cookies. Oh. Yum. And I recently discovered that I could get a larger bag of supplements and save money. But it doesn't come with a bigger bag, bigger of, cookies. bag of cookies. Yeah. <laughs> what up with that? That's crap. Send it back. <laughs> and sit uh, on that second bag. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for sending in your first world problems. Like I said, I might have read them already, but you know what? You got to hear them again. I didn't remember them, so you must not have either. So, um, Debbie, as always, it's been Mm -hmm. a joy to have you as my co-host. Thank you very much. I love being a co-host. And poor Glenn, I hope he doesn't have too many colonoscopies, but he can have them as often as he'd like. I'd love to come on. (laughs) (laughs) Daily Coast colonoscopy. I can't even say the word. Colonoscopies for Glenn. Yeah. Why not? No. Fantastic. Me, I might have a vote on that one. But yeah, it was really fun. Really fun. Really fun to share with you. I'm so proud of you. And I will see what dad says. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, George, for producing. And thank you all for tuning in. And have a great day. And spay, neuter, and